We interrupt this edition of Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 for some breaking news. Team Penske driver Joseph Newgarden collapsed one hour after he crashed hard into the Turn 4 barrier in Sunday's High V Salute to Farmers 300 at Iowa Speedway. Newgarden, who won Saturday's High V Deals.com 250 at Iowa, was airlifted by a helicopter ambulance to Mercy One Des Moines Medical Center in Des Moines, Iowa for further evaluation. Newgarden passed all the scans for a concussion, but according to IndyCar protocol, he must pass another medical evaluation in Indianapolis on July 28th before he can be cleared to drive in Saturday's Gallagher Grand Prix on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. With Newgarden's health status uncertain, Team Penske has announced that Santino Ferrucci will be on standby for the NTT IndyCar Championship contender heading into this weekend's race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Newgarden was released from Mercy One Des Moines Medical Center earlier on Monday morning and returned to his home in Nashville. Should Newgarden not be able to race, Ferrucci will take the wheel of the number two PPG Chevrolet. Ferrucci has 43 career IndyCar Series starts, with four of these occurring on the IMS road course, where he has two top 10 finishes. His career best IndyCar finishes fourth on four occasions, and he has made three starts in 2022 with two top 10 finishes. Pit Pass Indy will continue to monitor this developing story. And now we return to our regularly scheduled podcast. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway on August 20th. Make plans now to be part of the action by visiting www.raceway.com and www.bomberito.com. This past weekend, IndyCar got a sneak peek of the action to expect at Worldwide Technology Raceway in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. Iowa Speedway was the site of the only doubleheader of the season, and seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion Jimmy Johnson put on quite a show. Johnson used the highest line on the 0.894-mile short oval to race his way through the field after spinning in turn four on lap 16 of Saturday's High V Deals.com 250 at Iowa Speedway. Johnson kept his number 48 Carvana American Legion Honda off the wall and was able to make a quick pit stop and continue in the race. 
Johnson was able to pick off position after position and was in the lead on lap 63. He led 19 laps before making a pit stop and giving up a lead. This is a blast, Johnson radioed to his crew on lap 126. After that stop, Johnson fought his way back to fourth place late in the race before aggressive driving burned up the grip on his Firestone tires. Johnson faded to an 11th place finish, but it's his ability to use the high line that impressed his fellow drivers after the race. I caught up with Johnson after the first race of the doubleheader to talk about his dramatic race in the HyVDeals.com 250 in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy. Good job. I mean, uh, what was it like to be able to lead all those laps? I mean, it had to be a lot of fun. It was. I mean, it kind of pissed that I didn't finish better at this point right now, but, you know, it's, it's the racer in me, and I think that's a, a great uh, place to be, especially knowing we get to come back and do it again tomorrow. Um, you know, I learned a lot out there. I think I've got a better idea of what I need my car to do over the course of a long run. Uh, we were just a little too aggressive with our setup and burned up the right rear tire, and it really showed itself here on that uh, final run that had more laps. Good battle with VK. I mean, that was probably the best battle of the race between you and another driver. What was it like from your side? That's great. Um, understanding how to uh, be forceful in one of these cars without making contact. You know, you kind of take lines away from the other driver. And uh, I learned, learned a lot from many guys, but I, th- I think the most fun I had was probably with VK racing and trying to trying to pinch off the angle. He was trying to pinch off my angle for, for the corner on the outside, and then I knew what he was trying to do to me, and I could try to mess him up in the center if I came in a little bit ahead of him and pinch off his corner. Um, so I just, you know, I learned some race craft that's specific to IndyCar racing. Um, with fenders, you just lean on somebody or use the bumper and you get them out of the way. But without fenders, there's a different style of racing. 24 hours later, you're going to come back. Big day because you're going to be back to the Legion car. So just what do you think from the day and apply to tomorrow? So much to apply. I'm excited to uh, have our, our race in the American Legion car. been a great partner of ours. Um, I've personally contributed to their uh, their fundraising and, and hoisted the helmet of heroes for them at the Indianapolis 500. Uh, so it'll be a big honor tomorrow to represent all the Legionnaires, and uh, hopefully we get that baby up on the podium. And I bet you wish there were a few more ovals in this kit. Yeah, I'm starting to lean that way now. <laughs> Former IndyCar sports car and NASCAR driver Scott Pruitt serves as Johnson's IndyCar driver coach at Chip Ganassi Racing. Here is my interview of Pruitt after Saturday's race for Pit Pass Indy. I gotta say, that looked like fun. He had some moments out there where he was really standing up in it. That was a huge performance for Jimmy. I mean, it was um, inside, outside, yeah. kind of what we saw in practice. He had great confidence high in the car. Line, line. <laughs> great moves around the outside. Um, we just uh, ran out a little tire there at the end. You know, that was the longest run we've, we've done so far, and... and uh, I think we could, you know, he's learned a huge amount of the driver, knowing how hard he can push the car early on and how much he's got to save the car to get to the, uh, get that many laps under it. So, got a great race under our belt today. We are hoping to get that, you know, hoping to get that top five, but uh, just, just uh, outside P10. And when you run out of tires here, you really got your hands. You're done. I mean, he was just hanging on at the end and 
and uh, we just needed to get to the checker, get a solid, you know, just finish off a solid day, and we'll do it again tomorrow. It seemed like after that spin, all of a sudden he had a rocket ship after that. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I think that that sort of thing can either shake you a little bit or, or, or yeah. refocus you, and I think it refocused, and, and he had great confidence in the car, and, and car placement was awesome, and he was making some great moves, and as I think all of us saw, that was uh, that's an impressive day. How about being out front all those laps? Yep. I mean, that's like the old Jimmy Johnson we used to see for. Great to see him out front. Yeah. It was uh, pretty awesome to see him out front doing what he's doing, and and that's what he, you know, that's what we're seeing. I mean, in, you know, between Mid Ohio, Toronto, here, uh, I think we're seeing a, a new Jimmy, and and he's doing a great job. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, you got uh, two more oval races left right. tomorrow. And- St. Louis. In, in St. Louis, and I mean, it's almost like he probably should risk the schedule. Uh, it's obviously his, his wheelhouse. W- w- without a doubt. I mean, he spent a lifetime in NASCAR just going around in circles, and and you can see his ability on the on the ovals. It'd be great to have some more, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited for tomorrow. One other thing. Today was a hot day, but, I mean, here's a guy who drove his whole career, previous career, in closed cars, even though they probably had a little more venting inside than these do. But, I mean, do you think that was, was helpful to him? Well, Jimmy's in great shape. I mean, yeah. he's that's one of the things. He focuses hard on, on training and being in good shape. You see him, you know, every time I see him get out of the car, um, he looks like he's ready to go again. So, same thing we're seeing today. and. And when you have a good car and you have good confidence and you're not holding on to it all day long, it makes that, that day go by that much faster and that much more fun. Thanks, man. You got it, man. Thanks. Go get them tomorrow. That brings us to Sunday's high V Salute to Farmers 300. This time, Johnson was able to channel his aggression for the right moment as he drove his way through the field. It culminated with five laps remaining when he passed his Chip Ganassi racing teammate and this year's winner of the 106 Indianapolis 500, Marcus Erickson, for fifth place. Johnson drove away in the number 48 American Legion Honda and claimed the first top five finish of his brief IndyCar career. Here's my exclusive interview with Johnson for Pit Pass Indy. The fact you were able to get this finish, your career best in the women's car, representing the American Legion, the only time you're running that paint scheme this year, how special is that? Because I know how special of a relationship you have with that whole operation. Yeah, with my family history um, in the armed forces and serving our country, uh, you know, this relationship with the American Legion has always been very special. Um, and then, you know, to have it on the, the chest and on the car today, and the car looks so good. Um, you know, it, it is a very cool day, and, and happy that we got it done. You said you always do better your second time on a track than your first. You didn't have to wait long today to improve your finish from yesterday. How much better and more confident did you feel today than yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, yesterday I felt like I caught some people off guard and uh, had the opportunity to pass more cars. Today, every spotter knew where I was looking, every driver knew where I wanted to run, and uh, you know, there was plenty of mirror driving and spotter driving, which, which is normal. But yesterday, I felt like I had a bit, an element of surprise on my side, where today, um, although I finished better, I had worked so much harder for every position on track. Top five is obviously a goal. I guess the next goal now is to get a win. And how far away do you feel that you can be to contending for a victory in IndyCar? realizing how difficult this series is. 
Yeah, the ovals, I think my chances continue to uh, to increase. You know, before this, it was Texas at sixth, now fifth here. Um, you know, we have one more oval left, and it's a short track. Um, you know, Indy is kind of the outlier. I had such a great month, and the race just really struggled to pass anybody on a single-file track. And we came to a track here today with multiple grooves and uh, over this weekend, and I was able to, you know, find lanes to pass. Can today's confidence level carry over in, onto the road courses that are left on the schedule? You got one more oval at Gateway, but after that, it's going to be road courses the rest of the season. Yeah, these cars reward confidence. That's uh, the thing I keep learning and discovering each and every week. <clears throat> I think I come to a new level of confidence and aggression, and I realize that there's still more out there. So uh, this, this, I can build on this. And is today kind of the culmination of the dream you had when you went to the Long Beach Grand Prix as a teenager and dreamed of driving an Indy car? I was never a big fan of the ovals in Indy car racing watching. You know, I was just too nervous for my friends. And... Uh, Danford didn't turn out to be, you know, my sweet spot in an Indy car. But, um, you know, my dream back then was to race it at Long Beach, and I've been able to do that twice now, which is really cool. And last question, you're heading to Indy next week. That road course, you've raced there a couple of times. How do you feel forecasting uh, next week's race? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had more laps there than anywhere, so hopefully, um, you know, I can race in the top 15 on, uh, on a road course there. That would be really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats. As we mentioned earlier in our breaking news, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske dominated Sunday's high V salute to Farmers 300 before his Chevrolet inexplicably lost control in turn four and crashed hard into the outside safer barrier. As we noted in our earlier bulletin, Newgarden collapsed after the race and spent the night in a Des Moines, Iowa medical center. He will have to undergo a medical evaluation by IndyCar on July 28th to determine if he can compete in Saturday's Gallagher Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP Racing was running second at the time of Johnson's crash on lap 236. Award went on to win the race and score his fourth career IndyCar victory. Here is my exclusive Pit Pass Indy interview with the race winner of Sunday's High V Salute to Farmers 300. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, is the race winner of the High V Salute to Farmers 300, Paddle Award, Arrow McLaren SP Racing, fourth career victory. You said afterwards you got to be in the right place to have the opportunity to win. You did it today when you were able to take the lead 50 laps to go after Joseph Newgarden's crash. How important was this victory? Because you had a great weekend in both races. Yeah, we had a great weekend, man. Lots of lots of good points for our championship, but um, you know, this is it. Kind of feels like a, a finally a win again because we've been so close, and I mean, we've done everything to get one uh, multiple times uh, before this happened. So it's it's it definitely feels like. Like, uh, it's been uh, sort of a long time coming in a way, but uh, we deserved it. We did the best of jobs. And, um, yeah, super proud of everybody. You were second in Saturday's race to Joseph Newgarden. For much of the middle, the, the early to halfway portion of the race, it looked like it was kind of an instant replay of Saturday. Although, from your point of view, I'm sure it was a lot different. The conditions were different. Yeah, I mean, we were we were closing on him as long, uh, you know, as, uh, when we got by Will, we were... We were positioning ourselves to be in contention for the win, and there was one more pit stop to go. And I think that's where where we would have gone, even if he if he you know had an issue or not. But uh, glad he's okay, and uh, would have loved to uh, 
to fight it out with them there. But yeah, good good weekend for us. Second place on Saturday, a victory on Sunday. Big points weekend for you. How important is that? Uh, it's important. We were far back in the championship, and I think we're less far back now. So that's uh, always positive. Also, how much do you love short oval racing in IndyCar? It really puts on a great style of racing. Only one more oval left, and that'll be the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway coming up on August 20th. I love it, man. It's... Um It's the best racing in IndyCar, in my opinion, uh, especially here in Iowa where everything is crazy. I mean, the, there's so many strategies going on. It's a tire deck race. It's not a, a, a boring fuel save race. So it's it, it's it's just so, so enjoyable to go out there and have a good car and uh, fight for it. You talked about how important it was to be in the Penske sandwich, the meat of the Penske sandwich. You had Newgarden in front. You were a second. You had power behind you. How stunned were you when you saw Newgarden back into the wall? Uh, it was a very uncharacteristic mistake. So I was like, either probably something went wrong or he went on the apron, which I'm pretty sure he had a mechanical. And also the maturation process of Errol McLaren SP Racing. They have become one of the top teams in IndyCar. How important is it to you that you've played such a major role in that? Uh, it's important and we have to keep pushing. We're not there yet. And also coming up here is the uh, Gallagher Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course coming up next weekend on Saturday. What's it like going back to that course again? You've done well there in the past. You know, it's kind of a tricky road course. It's different in August than it is uh, when you're or in July than it is when you're there in May. Yeah, I mean, the Penske guys there are usually rocket ships, so uh, you got to expect power to be... Uh, you know, in contention for the win, Joseph, Scott. Uh, for us, it hasn't quite been the best of weekends. Uh, so we're still in the in the improvement phase. And then after that, the streets of uh, Nashville, the big machine Music City Grand Prix. It's kind of a wacky race last year. Do you expect it to be a similar to the way it was last year? Do you think it'll be a little bit more of a natural street course? Race? I think it'll be more of a natural street course. I think it's just, it's the 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 first race ever kind of phobia that you that you get whenever we went there last year where just people make make very very questionable and stupid decisions going into certain corners that that basically makes a blockade uh, but once you realize where you can and can't uh, people for sure uh, drive more normal <laughs> and physical recovery was very important yesterday on saturday very hot very physically demanding race. Today was 15 degrees cooler. What did you do in between races for your physical recovery? To because you're one of the younger drivers, you seem to have bounced back very well. Yeah, I uh, I did three ice baths in 24 hours. Yeah, not sure if I have more mental strength to do another one right after this. So I'm definitely just gonna lay it out and and uh, relax, have a nice nice hot shower and. Um, Yeah, bounce back for next weekend. And also, it seems that since uh, McLaren has taken over the control of this team, there's been a lot of big things that have been going on in the team. I guess it's just going to be up, up, and away, uh, you know, for the team from here on out. And how important is that to you to have a team this committed? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, there's been a lot of shift and, and differences going on in the team. It's definitely caused a lot of noise. Um, but what I can do is just keep my focus, keep my momentum, Um, you know, keep pushing the, the guys in the pits, the engineers and, uh, you know, the, the, the guys that come to us to the racetrack and just keep pushing with them and let every, everything else kind of sort itself out. Pato Award, congratulations on your big victory at Iowa Speedway. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I appreciate it. Thank you.
We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Welcome back to this week's edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Prior to Sunday's crash, Joseph Newgarden continued his domination of Iowa Speedway, leading 208 laps in the 250-lap HyVDeals.com 250 on Saturday for his fourth NTT IndyCar Series victory of the season. It was the 24th IndyCar Series win of Newgarden's career, his fourth win at Iowa Speedway, and his second straight at the 0.894-mile short oval. Here's my exclusive pit pass in the interview with Newgarden after his big win on Saturday. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway, is the winner of the HyVDeals.com 250 at Iowa Speedway, Team Penske's Joseph Newgarden. You own this track. It was your fourth victory of the season, the 24th of your career. You led 208 of the 250 laps. What is it about Iowa Speedway that just seems to be your best track? Well, I love short track racing. I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's our best track. I mean, we definitely perform really well at others, but it's been good to us. And, you know, I enjoy the style of racing here. You don't always get two, three lane racing on ovals with Indy cars, and you absolutely get that here. So, yeah, it's always a treat, and to have two is is even better than one on the weekend. Your teammate uh, Will Power started on the pole. He led a little bit of the race, but when you took the lead, you never really looked back. And was your car just that good? I felt like our car was was 
better than most today. I don't think it was necessarily dominant. I think award was very strong. I think power was strong at points. But on the long, on the long game, we were we were pretty stout. I felt like we were one of the best on on the long run. So uh, I felt good about that. And you know, we've just got to tweak on the thing and make it a little bit better for tomorrow. Your fourth victory of the season. I believe there's only one other driver that's won more than once, and that's your teammate Scott McLaughlin. How important is it to have the most wins when you're fighting for a championship? It helps, but, you know, it's not enough. I mean, we've got to have better non-win days, and we've just not been able to conjure that up this year. So, yeah, some more podiums are going to make a big difference in our in our championship fight if we can, you know, put those on the list outside of just the wins. Although you led the most laps and you won the race, Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing is still the points leader. He seems to be very consistent. You go all the way back to last year. I don't think anybody's got a better higher average finish than Marcus Erickson. How tough is he going to be to beat in a points championship? For sure tough. I mean, he's been level the whole time, and, you know, I don't think he can, you know, he he, he doesn't need to do much different than just being as level as he is. If, if we can get our consistency back, I think we can be better than him, but we got to see what we can do here over the stretch. It was a very hot day today in the first race of a doubleheader. Temperatures close to 100 degrees. What was it like inside the cockpit? This was one of the coolest days I've had. I don't know how. I think my cool suit was just working very well, but I didn't sweat much today. I started sweating as I got out of the car. So I think my system worked really well, and yeah, I had no troubles today. So I'm really excited about that and think tomorrow will be a little easier. Sunday's race should be 15 to 20 degrees cooler. It's going to be 50 laps longer, which some people believe that just means you've got 50 more laps that you can lead tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's... It's never going to be easy. I think this is more complex than people realize. And, you know, let's see what we got. How much does the extra 50 laps change the strategy? It's just more you got to get right. You know, longer longer race is more opportunity for mistakes. Um, I think strategy-wise, it'll be similar. You just don't want to get caught out under the yellows. One more pit stop. Yeah, I think you'll have another pit stop for sure. But it's just not getting caught out by the yellows is the big thing. And you've got to tell our listeners about your crew member, Kyle. Yeah. What happened to him? It's Kyle Lapeer. Yeah, Kyle Lapeer. He uh, he got attacked by killer hornets and uh, went to the hospital. I thought he wasn't going to be here this weekend. I mean, this happened like 48 hours ago, and he showed up and he he pitted the car. So he's a real champion. And I don't I don't know that he needed to be here, but he was here and he showed up and he did a great job for us as always. And you know, just speaks to the commitment that our team members have. They, you know, they are here thick and thin. So killer hornets in North Carolina back in Mooresville? I don't know what they were, but it sounds like, look, he was either allergic to bees or hornets, but he got attacked by a nest, and it was not working out pretty well. Now, this being the only doubleheader of the season probably gives you another opportunity to film another edition of Bus Bros. Will it be filmed tonight, and what might the subject be? It's already happened, and you know what, Bruce? You're going to have to tune in. you got to tune in next week to see what we're up to. Check out YouTube. Check out YouTube at Joseph Newgarden, and you will see the new Bus Bros next week. And before we check out YouTube, are you going to be able to watch any of the entertainment that they've had here at Iowa Speedway? I don't know. It's going on right now. I think I'm going to miss it, but I know my wife's out there enjoying it, and that's all that matters, you know? It's about the fans. It's about the wives. Uh, everyone's having a good time. You get Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton on Sunday. So if you win the race Sunday... You can go watch Blake Shelton at the maybe, end of it. Maybe so. Hopefully uh, hopefully we can get out of here quick enough and, and go see it. Well, I'm going to give you a head start. Joseph Newgarden, Team Penske, congratulations on winning the HyVDeals.com 250. Good luck in tomorrow's Hy-V Salute the Farmers 300. 
Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Thanks, Bruce. Off the track, defending NTT IndyCar Series champion Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing is embroiled in a contract dispute with both his current team and a potential future team at McLaren, possibly in Formula One. I had a chance to speak to Pillow last Friday at Iowa Speedway for this Pit Pass Indy exclusive. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Alex Pillow, driver of the number 10 NTT Data Honda at Chip Ganassi Racing. Alex, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Anything new? I don't know. You tell me. There's been quite a lot of noise around us, but uh, it's all good. Um, you're obviously part of a lot of speculation whether you'll be driving an IndyCar or even F1, whether you'll be with Chip Ganassi Racing or McLaren F1 or Arrow McLaren SP. I know you said that you're letting your people do sort all that out. Uh, so in a lot of ways, how important is it for you to focus on the job at hand? And that's what in a second. Yeah, that's the goal we have in mind. That's the only thing we think about it now. Um, obviously, there's stuff going around us and a lot of talks. But um, me personally, I'm trying to uh, score as many points as possible each weekend um, and do the best we can to try and go to the last race of the season with great chances to win our second championship. So we've been doing the, the work so far. I think since the small break we had uh, before Mid-Ohio, we've been having good results uh, and we've been really strong. Obviously, Toronto was a bit harder than we wanted, but uh, we will do everything we can to try and win this second championship. You seem to be, you don't, you're a driver that says you don't like the noise and you seem to put that out of the way last week at Toronto when you drove from 22nd place to 6th place. Is that an example of determination or what was it about that particular drive that you were able to achieve that many positions gained? Yeah, it's the work we had to do that day. Um, we we had an issue in qualifying, which uh, it's part of racing. It never comes on the best moment, but uh, we, it gave us the opportunity to do a great race and to show everybody that what I was saying during the week leading to Toronto, it was true that we were focused on racing and that was not really going to affect us uh, in terms of driving. So we had to do that drive. It, it was not a day that we could say, okay, uh, top 15 is good. Um, it was not good. We had some mistakes before, like I did that in the road course, like I, I did at Road America and we lost some good points there. So um, yeah, we just tried to do the best we could and six, I think it was the best we could on a short race with only two stops. With three races at a seven day period, there's a lot of points available. So how much do you see the Toronto race combined with what's happening in Iowa is really determining not so much who wins the championship, but maybe thinning the herd a little bit, some of the guys that will be competing at the end of the year and some of the other guys that may lose touch. Yeah, absolutely. There's still a lot of races to go, but we're getting that uh, those races left uh, smaller and smaller so um, yeah I agree it's it's gonna determine who's gonna fight the year for the championship and we want to be part of it I think we're in a good position um, but yeah to 
two races in two days. There's a lot of points there, um, and we're going to try to do the best we can to uh, get to Indy Road Course again and, and, and have good chances. Do you believe you're a driver that handles pressure very well? And do you consider any of the noise pressure? Um, no, I don't think that's really pressure. I think pressure is when you don't know if you're going to do one more race after this weekend. And I had that when I was a kid. I had that when I started single-seaters, but it's not the case now. So I think pressure of, like, is he going to win the championship or is he not? That's good pressure. And the noise on the media, I don't think that's really pressure. It's noise, and it doesn't obviously help you, but uh, it's not pressure. Now you've said you're happy with Chip Ganassi racing, you're happy with the crew, you're happy with the car, then why would you consider going elsewhere? Um, man, uh, opportunities and yeah, don't really know what else to say. Are there opportunities that are life dreams of yours that are in front of you now? Um, I'm living my dream now, um, but there's always next steps and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, you always want more about everything. When you get to one step, you want the next step and the next step. Uh, same in IndyCar, my dream was to be part of IndyCar, but then when I was in IndyCar, my dream was to be a champion. So, same thing now. Uh, we, we never stop dreaming and we never stop focusing on uh, the next step. It's just like a dream. It always sometimes has an unexpected ending. So uh, we'll probably see how that turns out for you. But Alex Blow, 2021 NTT IndyCar Series champion. Good luck the rest of the future. Good luck with your future. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500, a worldwide technology race. Thank you. Our final guest is IndyCar President Jay Fry, who joins us in our Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway Spotlight. Fry was instrumental in working with track owner Curtis Francois, Vice President and General Manager Chris Blair, and partner Jonathan Bomberito in bringing Worldwide Technology Raceway back to the IndyCar schedule in 2017. Here's my exclusive interview with Mr. President Jay Fry for Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 Worldwide Technology Raceway, is IndyCar President Jay Fry. Jay, you were instrumental in adding that race to the schedule back in 2017, working with Curtis Francois and Chris Blair and the gang over there. If you could uh, recall to our listeners how important it was to get back on the schedule, get Gateway back on the schedule, and, and what a fine event it's turned out to be for IndyCar. Yeah, well, the way I kind of look at that, that whole situation was, obviously, Owen was a big deal for us. Right? We needed more orders, which is great. But with those guys, it was basically about doing business with the people, right? I mean, those guys are great people. Um, they do a great job for us. They've always over-delivered. Um, I remember when we first got there, we had a list of things that we needed done. We got ahead of a three- or four-year plan to do it. Um, we come back and you know, magically they did them all at once. I mean, it's, it's, that's how they do things. It was a pleasure to do business with. They become very good friends. And, um, we're just excited to come back. And, and also the efforts that Jonathan Bomarito did as a sponsor. You get a big crowd there every year. It's a knowledgeable group of race fans. You get a lot of fans come over on I-70 from Indianapolis. It's the home base for IndyCar. 
And it really does have that big event feel. You see that as being one of the big events on the schedule every year. Yeah. Um, again, John and his group at Bomberito have done an equally spectacular job with the event. Um, you know, again, you're being at Iowa Day with High V and then seeing what they've done and what they're doing, which is amazing. Um, you know, the Bomberitos have been doing that for a couple of years and are we're instrumental in um, actually getting us to come back. And we're also instrumental in, in the activation and all the, the stuff that they do in the, the single spectrum area. So they're just, they're great people again. Um, they do a great job. We're super glad to have them part of it too. I remember when IndyCar first tested there, the track service might have been a little old, and they suggested maybe making some improvements in a few areas, and the next time you came back, they completely repaved the facility. That takes quite an effort, an economic effort, on the part of the track promoter to do that. Was that when you really realized these guys are serious about having us back? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, I guess I was referring to you know, a minute ago was... Um, there was a plan of payment and what they were going to do and how it was going to work. And, and he just said, you know, we're just going to accelerate the plan for this now. And we were like, now? What do you mean, like, now? So it was it was amazing that they did that. Um, the service is great. Uh, they do a great job maintaining the facility. Um, it's, it's fun to be, you know, for more race controllers on the back of the grandstands. You can see people coming for miles and the way, you know, the parking is, is you know, they going on. So um, St. Louis uh, is great city, I mean, phenomenal city. Me being a Missouri Tiger, I've just got a lot of great friends from St. Louis. Um, so it's, it's just always fun to go back. Speaking of your uh, connection with the state of Missouri, you played at the University of Missouri on the football team. You're also from Western Illinois, pretty far drive from St. Louis up to uh, Rock Island, Illinois. But in a lot of ways, that's really racing country when you think about it, with all the short tracks, with all the sprint cars, the Saturday, Friday night, Saturday night shows. To be able to have IndyCar establish itself as a Saturday night show on that track also has to be a, you know, pretty special, another added element to the schedule. Yeah, well, there's, there's great grassroots racing in, in all the areas you just mentioned, and it's something that people take very seriously, and it's um, something that families do, and it becomes a tradition. It's something they do, you know, different places, different nights, you know, every week, weekly shows, that type of thing. So, We've been lucky to have a lot of those fans um, come and check us out at Gateway or here in Iowa, which is great. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing place to race. Um, you know, St. Louis is just a, a great city and uh, we're just getting excited to be going back. What was your reaction when you walked out on the starting line for that first race and saw that grandstand packed with spectators? It was really cool. Um, you know, we even did, we tried to do some things where we, you know, Missouri alumni got, you know, different things. We tried to connect the community to it. And, and I think it was really cool that the stuff that they've done to the infrastructure and just the, the, how it looked much different than what it looks like 10 years ago um, it was something that we were obviously already privy to with, you know, with wonder tests that are doing some different things. But I think that might have been the first time some of the fans saw how serious Curtis is and Chris and what they were going to do and what the facility was going to look like in the future. So, you know, turn the lights on and then see the new cars there at night is pretty spectacular. And the way the track is shaped, it's shaped like a paperclip. So you do get some fairly aggressive action out there for drivers who want to pass on the track. And you think that's part of another element that makes that show so exciting? Yeah, we've had some really, you know, some great races there the last few years. Um, I, I think it was uh, when we went from the OEM kids to the this current car, the AK-18, there was a, a, a big number one night, which, which was outstanding. Um, you know, Curtis and Chris were great, too. You know, we went through the 
the last couple of years, it's been tough for all of us on you know, schedules and different things that we've had to do. They've been very accommodating. Um, you know, again, we're, we're going to put on a great show in a couple weeks. One element that will be a little different is the race will start earlier in the day. It'll end around 7.30 at night, uh, so the sun will probably still be out even at the end of the race. But you proved in 2020 you can run races there in the middle of the day, and you had to back in the days of the doubleheader because of the, the COVID situation. So how dramatically different is the track surface at that period of the day as opposed to a night race? Well, it's, a, it's obviously a lot different during the day. Um, you know, grip is at a premium. You know, night when the track gets cooler, obviously the grip level goes up, so it's much more difficult during the day. You know, just from a, a, a grip perspective, so that changes some things that they have to do. And then also from a, a, a physical perspective, the drivers obviously it's warmer in the middle of the day, or theoretically it should be. So that that there's a the, a racing perspective that's different and more intense probably during the day, and then there's a, um, a physical perspective too. It's pretty tough. Also, the schedule they've drawn up, uh, USAC cars are out there. They're the big Friday night show. Indy Lights will be running on the oval there. The highlight, of course, will be the IndyCar race, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. So really, there's got to be something there for any type of race fan to, to see during that weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great value, great ticket for anybody who's a race fan. You're going to see lots of different disciplines that are going to be running there. Um, you know, obviously, we... I guess the final culmination of the whole weekend, which is um, which we're really excited about going back. But it's a, it's a big weekend. Again, the, the Metro St. Louis area. You know, there's a lot of you know, famous great racers that have come out of that you know that area too, which is, is really cool. And um, we just again we've said this a couple times. We're just we're thrilled to go back. We appreciate all uh, what Curtis, Chris, and John have done to make this into a really great event for us, and it's really important to. And do you consider that a real driver's track where it's the driver's skill that's on display to, to get out there on a shore oval? You know, it's not an easy type of track to win on, and the best of the best end up winning. Yeah, well, fortunately, I think you see that with everywhere we go. Um, with the, the, you know, when we come out with this car in 2018, one of the things we try to do is um, you know, reduce the downforce, increase the horsepower, make it put it more in the driver's hands. Um, you know, gateways the type of place that really accentuates that, you know, that type of thing. So and it does in different places we go, but this field that we have is, I think, you know, the depth that we have and the, the talent that we have in any, any car series right now is spectacular. I mean, you look at the Fed, what, nine pole winners and 10 races, and um, there's just been a, it's an amazing group that uh, as soon as the flag drops, they can get after it right now, go for it, and it's gonna be the same race. And it also plays a key role in determining the championship. It's the last oval of the season, the third to last race of the year. Pretty much by the time you come out of Gateway, you have an idea of who the guys are that are going to battle it out in the last race for the title. And how important is that? Uh, it, it's another reason for a race fan to go by and take it to Worldwide Technology Raceway. Yeah, you're running out of that bats once we get out of it, right? So that, that bat's pretty yeah. big, right? So I guess that's from a baseball analogy. So it, it does separate... Um, I guess who are the real contenders are going into the final two races of the year. So it's it's very important. It's an oval. Um, obviously, there's some people that like running ovals better than others. Maybe but I think I, I think the whole field's gotten pretty used to both at this point. Obviously, um, but it's it's uh, it's going to be an amazing event. Um, again, we want to also you know thank the people worldwide technology you know, that have come on to with the facility since we've been there. They're a, a, a great group of people that do some great things and. We're sure appreciative of their support too. 
Yeah, you got our president, Jay Fry. He's not afraid to step up to the plate and take a few big swings. So you did it at World Light Technology Raceway and Gateway. Good luck this season. Good luck in the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. Thanks, Bruce. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy, presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We want to thank our guest, Jimmy Johnson of Chip Ganassi Racing, Scott Pruitt of Chip Ganassi Racing, Pato Award of Aero McLaren SP, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske, Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing, and IndyCar President Jay Fry for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy presented by the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway, your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And we especially want to thank our new partners, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Make plans now to see one of the biggest and best IndyCar races of the season on Saturday, August 20th. For more information, go to www.raceway.com and bomberito.com. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.